Hey everyone, welcome back to Marvelous Geeks. I'm Gisani Sophia and I'm here with Morgan again. Hello. And surprisingly, this has absolutely nothing to do with Marvel. Nothing. Well, we might bring it in <laughs> just because it's us. It's who we are. Yes, it's in our blood, it's in our bones. We just can't go two minutes. The crows agree. <laughs> um, but... The reason I wanted to get on here and have this discussion is because for the first time, Morgan and I don't agree on something. Oh my God, these crows are just, they're they're excited. They are. They're very excited, as they should be. But for the first time, we don't agree on something. And I think that's a good thing. That's a very good thing. And it's also the fact that I feel like we are able to have discussions without... These crows are just... The crows have eyes, too. <laughs> Where's Moira Rose when you need her? Um, <laughs> I wonder if you guys can hear the crows, because they are very intense for us. It's so going to be awkward if like we're talking about it, but you can't you, even You have it. no idea what crows we're talking about. Um, but basically, I wanted to get on here and talk about the fact that Two people can have different opinions, and it doesn't have to turn into a war zone on the internet and in fandom. And also that just because something doesn't go your way, that it's not synonymous with bad writing, and that there are very few times where I feel like something is... I don't even want to say badly written, because a lot of times fans are not in the right place to judge whether something is badly written or not but a lot of times if something is poorly written i don't like to say bad but if it's poorly written then whatever we were trying to reach just wasn't earned properly but at the end of the day we always have to remember that these are someone else's stories and learning to respect that in a nicer way which is this is why i can never be a critic because i I can't sit there and be like blah 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 this is horrifying i think there have been two times and they've all happened in the last year where i've heavily disagreed with writers and have been like this is no four times (laughs) but i've never said anything i feel like whenever people don't like like the way a story is going, mm-hmm. they immediately chalk it up to bad bad yeah. writing, and not just the fact that maybe it's not their cup of tea. Like just because you don't like something doesn't mean it's not written well. It just isn't your taste. It's like me literally going to watch the new It movie, knowing how much I hate clowns, knowing how easily freaked out I am, me. knowing that I'm not going to be able to stomach this movie, knowing I'm not going to be able to like it and sitting there and calling it bad writing when I'm not in the right state (laughs) to properly critique it. And it's kind of, this has nothing to do with it, but it's like all these people, I saw something online and I wish I like kind of countered it, but I didn't have the time to, that was talking about like the Netflix rom-com movies and how they're so bad and like dumb and just not well-written. I was like, what do you expect? Like, first of all, it's Netflix. It's a rom-com. They're not supposed to be, like, A-list Keep your art house, like, idea of what a movie is supposed to be away from my rom-coms. They make me happy. 
And it's like, if you don't like a rom-com, which people don't, people don't like the way that it's structured, people yeah. don't like the cliches, don't watch it. This is coming from someone who, like, no matter, like, I love, like, Hallmark yeah. movies, which are the, like, they're so cheesy and predictable, and the writing is not great, but no. I love them because... Because they're, well, they're kind of bad. I only love them during Christmas time. I'm very picky about my Hallmark movies. But during the holidays, I'm like, yes, give me all the cheesy. She went to a small town. She and married a prince? It makes sense. <laughs> like, you're watching this stuff not to judge whether it's a good movie, but whether or not it made you feel good. Yeah. And it's not going to make you feel good if you don't like the genre, if you don't like the story it's telling, if you don't like that kind of love story progression. You're not going to think it's good. So why bother watching it? Like, I've seen my fair share of movies that I did not like, be- and, like, I can admit they were written poorly. Yeah. But I'm not going to go and just, like, bash it. No, like- and it's also just the thing of, like, are you seeing it through your subjective lens of how you like something or are you truly seeing it through an objective one and i feel like a lot of times art is subjective we also have to remember that that story is being told for a certain audience it's told for whatever reason the writer wants to get his or her story out and there's also the fact that like okay let's just i i'll just say it but it's like whatever happened in game of thrones for example all that in the progression of probably another season could have been more earned than it was the way that it was executed. They were just trying to like tie up loose ends very quickly. And also if I'm not mistaken, the last season was not based off of a book. No. And so, and I don't know if George R. R. Martin like wrote the season. No, I don't know what happened with that, but it's the fact that it's like, if this happened, through a better if it wasn't just like was it like seven six or seven or yeah well they hbo offered to give another season but they said no we don't want it and there are a few other shows in the past that have taken a character through something completely out of that character and i i also hate the term out of character because 90 percent of the time like just because a character is doing something you don't like does not mean it's out of character but there have been, growth. yes, it's called growth. It's called making a mistake. There have been twice, which I don't even want to mention the show, where the character was pulled through something where you're just like, this is not the character. This is just to further the plot. And th- someone else could watch that and say, yeah, I still think that's well written. But as someone who often watches through a character's lens as opposed to the plots, that's where I was like, no, 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 no. And then there's this whole idea of today where writers want to subvert expectations because for whatever reason, we are associating good writing with shocking plot twists. I mean, when I'll it's like, also say that like, there have been movies that like I've enjoyed watching, but I know they're not good. Yeah, of course. Like, of course. For example, have you seen Playing It Cool? Yes, I have. Very long time ago. It's not a good movie. But I enjoyed it because I like the actors. Oh, how many times have I have watched a garbage movie for an actor I love? Multiple. But I Far think, too many. I think it's the idea of going out there and calling something bad writing that I'm just like, it's 
fine. Like, find the good in it. There's always something good. Just because these characters that you like didn't end up together doesn't mean yes, it which was is, written Which poorly. is the general internet problem, is I think shipping has become this, which kind of sucks because then it makes, I feel like, critics and just other people be so like fandom and shipper and keep your shipper stuff away from us and i'm like oh like we did that like we really did that we we've gotten so loud that on one hand it's a good thing because people are seeing that people like relationships whether it's a platonic relationship or whether it's a romantic one people like building it because we're human beings and all we need is love like it's really something that i watched moulin rouge again last night it's in my head leave me alone but human beings like the idea of human connections. That's that's just, I feel like that's in our nature. That's something we're always going to yearn for, whether it is romantic or whether it's platonic. People like connections with characters. And I, I do. I love it. You can't tell me that like you're going to watch a movie with absolutely none of the characters interacting in some profound way and think that that's a grand, great movie. Like, how many of the same action films can you watch? And it's like, even at the end, like Bond's always gotten the girl. So there's always some sort of connection with another human being that goes beyond the plot of the movie that I feel like serves to the plot really well. So on to what we don't agree on. And here's the thing. Like, I also feel like in once you're watching something, once you are devoted to something, you kind of have to tell yourself at some point that if this doesn't go my way i either have two choices i have to accept it or i just have to stop watching because i'm not going to change anything my opinion is not going to change what the writers are going to do they are not going to change where the story's going i'm not going to magically do that and to just also have an open mind to what could possibly come i think that that allows us as human beings to grow and to understand different parts of the world when we are open to seeing why things happen as they do so i recently binge watched jane the virgin and i could never watch the show live i don't know how you guys did it i I did from day one i could never it was like going into that show like i was very before like the first episode i was skeptical seeing all like the billboards i was like this is not gonna be good and then here I am years later. Like I don't I know love how that show. anyone was able to do that. I, I cannot handle that. I would not have been able to handle it multiple occasions. Like the whole time I was watching, I was like, how did you people not click next? Because <laughs> I would have wanted to shoot myself right then and there. But I also don't handle CW shows well. I have been a loyal you are devoted. devotee of CW television shows since I was a child. Well... <laughs> I think One Tree Hill was it for me. I was like, I devoted nine One years Tree to this. Hill, I'm Gossip done. Girl. No, see, I I can't. There's no CW show that I have watched from beginning to end as it was airing. I just I can't do the cliffhangers and the nonstop drama. The Flash. I'm just. I stopped it all. I stopped the Flash. I stopped Arrow. I stopped. Oh, I stopped Arrow. Just I stopped I Riverdale. So, I stopped. You name a show, I probably if I started it, I stopped it. I and the only and even Heart of Dixie, which is one of my favorite shows, I watched after it aired. Oh, really? Yeah, I did not watch Heart of Dixie live. I watched it after. I binged it all. Please, you think I would have been able to get through season three? <laughs> nope. Oh, Lord. 
But point being, Jane the Virgin, I did not ship her with Raphael until the very last second where I was like, and it's not that I, I still love Michael to the end of time. I don't understand how people didn't, but that's again, that's just me. Like, as I was watching, I was getting so frustrated with Jane and Raphael. And I was like, people are watching this and getting frustrated over Jane and Michael. And how is that happening? How? But, so, let's just get into that just because this is what it's supposed to be. How did you not get so frustrated with Raphael and Jane constantly? I want you. No, I don't want you anymore. I'm over this. I have to go be a different person. I was going to lose my brain cells. Like, I get that there was a lot of ups and downs, and their relationship was all over the place, but also, like, it is a telenovela. So yeah, yeah, of course. You need it, like, drama and all this stuff. But I just felt like, also, like, as the actors, I felt like Justin Daldoni and Gina Rodriguez just had really good chemistry. Uh-huh. And I feel like they're, like, to me, I feel like their characters had more chemistry than Jane and Michael. Like, I know, like, Jane and Michael were, like, the couple, like, from the beginning. Uh-huh. But I also just... Sometimes Michael really irritated me. Even in the beginning? Yeah. Interesting. Like, and I just had that in my head the whole time, but also just, like, as, like, the show went on, seeing how, like, Jane and Raphael kind of, like, helped each other change, and, like, for, like, the better, like, Raphael changed, and, like, just seeing them grow together. And then, of course, when they had Mateo, it was, like, their little family. Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. See, like, I didn't see that at all. The whole time I was just like, just because you have a kid does not mean you have to be a family. (laughs) Like, and what frustrated me with Raphael's character is the fact that I was like, I'm not typically attracted to the bad boys. At least not anymore. I think I used to be, but now I'm just kind of like, oh, look at the good little angel. Just let's stick with the angel. But I get it. And that's the thing. It's like the whole time as I was watching, I knew that they were going to end up together. I knew Michael was going to die. I knew all of that. Nothing was new to me. I, I was like, I was, how did you know that? But you didn't watch it. Like. No, yeah. I was spoiled with everything. Um, I also remember the reactions while the show was airing and people talking I mean, about it and all that stuff. And I will say, like, even though, like, in the back of my mind, I was always, like, Team Raphael. Yeah. Like, there were moments in, like, Jane and Michael's relationship when I had, like, thought they were good together and cute and like of course when he died i was a sobbing mess yes also it's just like watching gina rodriguez cry all the freaking time yeah (laughs) mood i cry all the time i I cry very easily especially like what people on screen are crying there's a good chance i'm crying but there are moments when like i did like their relationship so it wasn't like just like full-on like i hate him yeah it's just i preferred yeah, Jane which, and Raphael. exactly. And I never hated Raphael either as much as he would get on my nerves with certain back and forth things that he would do. I never hated him. I just, that's the thing. I didn't see that chemistry, especially in the first season or whenever it was that they had that moment where Jane and Michael broke up and Raphael and Jane were trying things out. I didn't see it. I was like, what chemistry? There's no chemistry here. Like I didn't feel it. And then for me... And this is what sucks because I really wish... I understand that with a show like this, this would not have happened any other way. Like, Jane and Michael would have gone on to die old together if he never died. Quote, unquote. This is true, but I'm not... But (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Like, I don't think they would have ever gotten together because she was so loyal to him and he was so loyal to her. And I think that 
their relationship was going on a good because Michael changed. That's the reality. It's like, and Michael, this is the frustrating part is if they were going to bring him back, because I also like the idea of bringing back the dead to have the choice be a more real choice. And it's like, I'm not just with you because my husband has died. I'm with you because now I want to be with you. I almost wish they didn't change Michael so much. Actually, not almost. I wish they didn't. I wish that Michael was still Michael, not some weird, like, farmer Jason. I don't <laughs> know what that was about, and the accent was driving me insane. He had amnesia. But I wish that the choice then became, but I've fallen for Raphael now in a completely different way than we did in the past. And so, but... But I feel like... It- but Jane, like, and Raphael, like, they did, even before Michael died, they obviously had, like, yeah. their, and I feel like even before Jane and Michael broke up, like, just the way, like, he reacted to the connection that Jane and Raphael had and, like, the dramatic The fact that hearts. they, like, the fact, like, they were having a kid together, so they had yeah. that connection that him and Jane didn't have, like, just, like, his reaction to it and, like. Right. The way he acted towards it, like it kind of like put me off him as a character. I was like, I understand it's like a very like crazy situation, but you have to understand that they're gonna have some involvement with each other, which he kind of right. But his reaction is also so natural. I mean, it's, obviously, it's like yeah. If your girlfriend was having someone else's baby, yeah, you're gonna especially if you a, your girlfriend have never yeah, had sex you're gonna feel a certain way but. so the emotions there were natural it's just i had a really hard time shipping it I was the way just, he handled the emotion like the, his right. feelings kind of but he then immediately changed his mind yeah. and was like and then i hated the dumb fight between those two because i was like i love the idea of Raphael and michael being friends i loved it i was all for it like, be good co-parents. And then what really bothered me, and I think this is the one part of the show that I was just like, this is really pissing me off. Like, to the point where I feel like it was drama written in a way to be very just, there was an, there were so many other ways we could have gone with this. But it was both Jane and Raphael acting like Michael was such a burden when he came back. Like, that it was somehow his fault that he died and suddenly had amnesia and now was just like, like they treated him like a pest almost. And I was like, if you, it was Jane's choice. Just like, you could tell him to leave, but it's like, they were acting like he was suddenly, he was not important. He, he was just some ex-boyfriend. Like, I mean, but I think like having him like come back and tell when she's like finally right. But that's not his fault. I like, I know it's I, obviously it's not his fault. Like he didn't ask for any of this, but, but the way that he was treated was as if it was his fault. Like as if he made the choice to like, if he had faked his own death yeah. and then suddenly came back, then I'd be like, yes, let's treat him like garbage because he deserves it. But none of it was his fault. And I feel like they were so frustrated with him. Like their frustrations, as opposed to it being thrown on Rose, was thrown on Michael. I mean, like, I under- like I understand, like obviously them being frustrated. I don't agree with it being like targeted towards Michael. Of course, Michael, that's what I'm saying. Like it was merited, but not towards Michael. It's like, just like being directed He was just the wrong treated person. like a burden the whole time. And I was like, we... Really, like, your first book was about him, like, your dedication to him. Like, it was almost as if, like, he suddenly just didn't exist, as opposed to having been such a pivotal role in Jane's life at one point. Like, that's how it was 
That's the one thing about all of this that pissed me off the most, as opposed to, like, I don't care that my ship didn't end up together. Like, But I do think you could like, you could tell that, like, him coming back from the dead kind of, like, obviously opened up old wounds for Of her. course, of course. But there's ways to, I think, do that that weren't, like, like I said, it's almost as if they just blamed him. Like, it was his fault that he died and came back now. I mean, I get, I, but at the same time, I feel like, and this is like in real life too, like it's easier to like put the blame on the person who's there in front of you. Like he was there, but like Rose wasn't. Yes, so like, that's true. And he was an e- easy target for like all their frustration and the things they were feeling. It's true. But I, I even if it's not kind there you go it's not a nice thing to do and not in a sense like they have to be angels but it's like like yes michael was different michael was not michael but it's like you either tell him to leave like you have to have sympathy for what he's going through or you have to deal with it but it's like the way that they were just rushing him off was just unfair to him and that's what like annoyed me because i was like you two just sound like annoying little pests that like have no empathy whatsoever and i was like what happened to the characters that like you both grieved him but i feel like as far as like jane is concerned a lot of i feel like her frustration also came from like the fact that she had to try to like kind of reconnect with this person who wasn't yeah who wasn't the person that she knew before he died right and it's like again you like she was frustrated because jason was not michael like he didn't have any of those right but even when she was trying to like connect with him but she couldn't even when michael came back though as michael like when he finally remembered everything it was just like if you don't love him and maybe this has something to do with women trying to i feel like women often try to force themselves to love someone because they feel bad we have that thing in us to to feel bad like, like she felt obligated but in the midst of that obligation, I don't know what, <laughs> what, words. what both word was trying to come out through obligation and whatever else. In the midst of all that, I feel like it just, it was very hard to watch them like almost treat, just treat Michael like this was all his fault. Like he's the one who planned all this. And I was like, throw that anger out on Rose. <laughs> like what is wrong with you guys? And like it frustrated me how angry Raphael would get. But, like, she's trying to be good to him. I was like, what do you expect? Like, you, if, God forbid, if something had happened to Petra, even though you guys were not even at the same level. Well, so I think to Raphael, like, Michael was always the one that like, kind of stood yeah. in the way of him and Jane and being together. And it was together. just so... So, like, to have him back, like, he's just being, like... Petty. Pet- yeah. <laughs> it's petty. And that, it's things like that that, like, would frustrate me. And I was like, I want to like you, dude. But come on. Don't do this. And I did. There was moments where, like, in the end, again... That's the thing. Even though it wasn't the story I wanted told, I would have rather her and Michael have had their happy ending with no death and none of that. Just live their lives. It worked because it was executed well. Enough for me to be like, okay, they're cute. Then like Michael I understand. got his happy ending too. Yeah. Uh, with his in real life. Yeah, actually. <laughs> I found that out later on because I always like to do my research after I finish a show. Like, I'll IMDB everything and, like, I'll go on Wikipedia and look at fun facts and, like, weird stuff. Um, so that 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 is cool. I, I do wish he was at their wedding, though. I wish they both were at the wedding because it's just weird to me. If my, like, Michael suddenly became... 
Like he's still an outsider. A, like he's still a part of their story. Yeah. That is the biggest complaint I had about the finale. Where I was like, Michael should have been at the wedding, just sitting in the end with Charlie? Was that her name? Yeah. Char- yeah. Like just sitting at the end watching this moment because they were so important to each other at one point. And it's not like they had again, he wasn't just a random ex boyfriend. He was yeah. her ex husband. He was a father to Mateo for what, three years? No. How many years? I don't know how old he was when Like two? Maybe. Like he was a father to him at one point, like a stepfather. So he he was an important part of their lives. He was good to he was good with Petra. Him and Petra always had like so Jane's dad loved him. He was they were bros, like his <laughs> daughter is named after him, his middle name. So it's like that's the one thing that I really and I don't know if it had anything to do with them potentially not being able to bring the actor back in for other contracts. But that was my biggest complaint. I was like, Michael should have been at that wedding. I feel like he was like he was already a part of most of the season. Yeah. So I don't think like contr- like contracts had anything to do. I don't know. Maybe that's like, like they just why wasn't he there? Overlooked that, or they just didn't think it was a good. Like they were bros. <laughs> he should have been there. And I would not have even wanted dialogue or anything like that. Just like. Sitting just there. Like the camera pan over. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like with Heart of Dixie, for example, even though it's totally different, but it's like George was a constant presence in Wade and Zoe's life. Yeah. Even though, again, and imagine if there had been something even bigger with George and Zoe as opposed to just that lingering crush. Then he was still there when. He was there when the baby was their born. Their unnamed child was born. He was just there through everything. And that's what I was like. Why was he not there? This would have been so perfect. I would have loved this moment. Because I did. That's the thing. I I cried during their wedding. I loved it. I was not like... Throughout the whole thing, even though I knew it wasn't happening, and my frustrations were just coming from the fact that I don't know how the hell y'all were able to watch this live. Um, But I was open to it. Even though it wasn't preferred. It was always just like... Well, it's going to happen anyway. I have the choice. I either stop watching now or I watch it go to the end. And I see how I feel at the end. And even though in the end I wasn't like, yes, team. I don't know, whatever their ship name was. I never. I feel like in watching it like live as it was airing, like there were moments when I was like, yeah, her and Raphael are for sure going to end up together at the end. But then once they threw back in the twist of yeah. Michael coming back, I was like, okay, there's no hope for Jane and Raphael. Interesting. You guys had that. I mean, you say you guys. This, this is just as if, no, no, as in you people who watched it live. <laughs> I was like, this is just my personal This is true, take. but I imagine there's people just like you yeah. too because CW has a way of really making you feel like, is but my was, ship going to end up together or not? But I was like, there's not? no way they're going to, like, I wasn't mad about it. I was just yeah. like, there's no way they're going to end up together now because Michael's back. Yeah, but who but, else would Raphael be with? This is a show where everyone has to get their happy ending. Even when JR left, I was like, JR's going to come back for Petra in like the last second or at some point she's going to come back. We got to touch on the real relationship of this series, which is Jane and Petra. Just like, which Jane? Oh. <laughs> JR Jane or Jane Jane? Jane Jane. That is the biggest twist that came out of the show is how much those two killed me. Like in the best way. I... 
never in a million years like, thought that their them, friendship like, evolved. And also like watching Petra change though, like over the series. She's probably my favorite character. Yeah, I her love her. Progression was so amazing and so well done because there were still motives where I was like, I don't know what she's going to do and I don't understand her. And you're like, wow, she has a heart. And <laughs> she would shock you. And so. But I think it's that like, and it was like that time jump when like Raphael yeah. went to prison, prison jail. and then he came back with and his like, linen pants. But I feel like. <laughs> I loved linen pants, Raphael. You like Zen Raphael? I do. I loved Zen Raphael. I was like, oh, okay. But I like that time when he was gone, like they, like obviously they didn't really, they didn't show it like in detail but like yeah. they had to like lean on each other because like they the both Saturday morning kids. brunches like and so like they were kind of each other's yeah. like rock and so like they kind of that brought them together chills I, I really do like and, I like, said their calling friendship each other, like Auntie Petra and Auntie Jane yeah. like, to their kids and like just being like sisters to each other I was like oh my gosh that I and, love and this for me she said that at one point I yeah think, was it Petra or Jane where it was like she's like my sister or something like that I was like I think it was Jane and then like telling her that she loved like yelling I love you in the lobby of the hotel <laughs> that friendship like I said was the biggest surprise because I knew that they would eventually come to an agreement with one another and like force themselves to be friends like if, if in some way if like Petra and Raphael had stay together uh-huh. like you know her and jane would had have to have some kind of relationship yeah exactly and it was just shocking how much they truly loved one another like it was just very unlike the cw because i don't think the cw does a good job with female friendships mm. so um it was just i loved it and how much she cared when she's like when jr left and she was just like like what can we do? Like do you want, like let's go out? Like when she got mad because she wasn't single anymore. It's I loved it. I think that's my favorite also, relationship in the show. Like, is their sisterhood is like, my favorite. There's like my favorite, but then also like the little like, tr- like what is the word I'm looking for? Trio of, of Raphael. Raphael, like yeah, the two of them like fight, like not really fighting, but like arguing over who gets to have her. Like, as, like, yeah. they're, like, maid of honor or best man for the wedding. That and, like, scene. when they're in the hospital, when Petra's mom's in the hospital, and, like, Jane gets, like, the news about her book, and, like, them just all, like, being there for each other. Yeah. Like, I would have never, like, year, like, what is it, like, three years ago? I would have never saw that. Yeah. It's, like, a way the, sh- the show would play out. Yeah, because, it, like I said, it was very shocking in such a unique way that you're, like, how is this friendship the most important? And then Raphael calling Jr. I was like, "For okay. showing up at the wedding, her being the best man, like all of that, just so beautiful and so well done." And I agree, that is the greatest relationship on the show. And I think we love that female friendship. Truly, like female friendship representation is far too like rare the fact that a female friendship is unique it's sad it's really freaking sad because everyone thinks that women hate each other i was like thinking of like others like even on like heart of dixie like zoe and lemon like they were never like actual no, friends yeah. they were more like frenemies yeah like they did good things for each other but at the end of the day they were never going to be best yeah. friends the only friends zoe ever had left 
and Annabeth left. So, and any other show. Well, I guess One Tree Hill had it. Yeah. That's the only other show I could think of where, like, the female friendships were just very strong and very well done. Because it did start off with friendships. Yeah. And I love how Peyton and Brooke brought in Haley to the group. and So that's the only other show. Cause, well, I didn't watch Gossip Girl to the end. I mean, Gossip Girl had female friendships, but, but at, they were, for the majority of the time, they were, like, super toxic and, like, always, yeah. like, backstabbing each other. But, like, also, like, I love the drama. Like, that's one of my favorite yeah. shows. I rewatch it, like, annually. So. Interesting. <laughs> Do not judge me. Do not judge but, like, obviously, like, so they have, like, like, there's Blair and Serena, like, they're yeah. best friends, but they are constantly, like, stabbing each other in the back for, like, the long, for the majority of the show. And it's just a lot of, like, back and forth. So it's not, yeah, it's not a super healthy, healthy female relationship, but. And I mean, there's Betty and Veronica, but they're not. And I haven't watched Riverdale since, like, season one. Yeah. So. There, there, there's issues there, too. I don't know. There's the only other show I could think of that I watch. I don't think any of the females on like The Flash and Arrow are like besties. Yeah, like even like I love The Flash, but like yeah. even like Iris and then Caitlin, like they're not really yeah. For they just they just work together. Yeah. Like you never really see them to like just the two of them. Like they never and they never really have like their own conversations with each other yeah. like by themselves, which is odd tragic like they only ever really talk to each other when like the men are around <laughs> so yeah cw basically never passes the bechdel test <laughs> but jane and petra did because it's like it was about their children it was about we love jane and petra like i said i'm so shocked by that if you had told me that their friendship was my favorite thing from the beginning i was like huh okay sure sure very very pleasantly surprised exactly like over jane and Raphael, like i love yeah. jane and petra yeah hard agree it's like your your favorite ship doesn't have to be romantic no <laughs> it could be platonic and i think that's just the thing is that storytelling is very interesting when like not the, the same thing is not going to connect to every single person. And I think we just have a really hard time accepting that. That just because this didn't work for me does not mean that there's nothing in there that's not good or nothing in there that's not well done. Because there's something. Like like you said, my favorite ship in this show is a platonic ship. It's sisters. And I just, I hate the war zone that social media has become. Because of ships. Like, I try to stay away from fandom online. I do, too. Like, don't but, go into Tumblr tags. But it's very hard for me not to see stuff. Because I have to do further research for yeah. Marvelous Geeks. So, every now and then, I don't venture into tags. I don't do that stuff. Like, even just looking at the tags for, like, an the actor's show. name. Yeah, though, like, is just... Is dangerous. Exactly. So, it's a war zone. It's... It's like I would love to be able to like to talk to other people, like not. I was gonna say besides you, <laughs> <laughs> like while well, I'm human here, because like, because like, we are like, we do like a lot of the same stuff. And yeah, we do like obviously talk about yeah. the different like movies, TV shows that we like. But it would be nice to be able to talk to other people within like fandom, but just online, it's crazy. It is. 
most of my friends who watched Jane the Virgin were Team Michael. Really? Yeah. Who are these people? I need to. My meet best them. friend, like she's she didn't watch the last couple seasons, but like from the beginning she was Team. Diane? Mike. No, my friend Cynthia. Oh. But we we're still friends. Like we still talk about I the show. I believe you could be friends with someone when you don't ship the same thing. <laughs> and it's shocking, really. But we're adults. And I just think that that's a great conversation to have is, so why don't you like Michael? Or so why don't you like Raphael? Like, what is it that bugs you? And seeing that different people have different tastes in people, too. There's also, well, with One Tree Hill, did you ship everything that was canon? I think at, like, at times, like, what, like, obviously One Tree Hill was a long time ago. Yeah. So it's like... And I don't, so I don't remember like my exact like reaction to watching it like live as it was happening, but like going back and because I like earlier this year I started rewatching it from the beginning and like seeing the like relationships play out like knowing what's gonna happen like I kind of like agree with them more after knowing that they're already gonna happen like Nathan and Haley. Like, I love them because I know how their future plays out. Yeah. See, like, for me, I remember watching One Tree Hill, and I remember there was a period where I just didn't want Peyton and Lucas to be together. And I knew they were going to be. I I knew that that was the end game. Peyton annoyed me a lot. It's (laughs) not that Peyton annoyed me. It's that Lucas annoyed me. See, that's so interesting. Lucas annoyed me because the whole cheating thing. Like, you didn't do it once. You did it twice. And you lied about it the second time. Like, that second time... I understood Peyton's vulnerability and I understood her kissing him, but I didn't understand Lucas keeping it from Brooke again. He should have said well, it. that like, was like just like a dick move on his Yeah, part. like she thought she was going to die, so she kissed me and I want us to go off on. Because I did, I loved with Peyton and with Lucas and Brooke, I loved the idea of the girl behind the red door. And I loved the way that Lucas saw her that nobody else did yeah. for a while. Because everyone else just treated Brooke like, not a booty call, but like, kind of, I guess. Like, she didn't have any serious relationships where I feel like the guys saw her for more than just a pretty girl. But Lucas did. And so that's why I love them so much. And then when all that shit happened, I was like, Lucas needs to be alone for like 10 years. But it was Peyton who was alone constantly. And I, I also loved Peyton and Jake so much that was really hard for me to let go of because he was so good to her too i did love him and that episode where she goes to wherever he went where they have that one day where they spend together didn't he go to like georgia i don't remember where he went like savannah or something but there's that episode where and i need to remember the song that's playing because i remember bawling my eyes (laughs) out during that episode so it's very interesting to see that like but towards the end, when Lucas and Peyton get married, I mean, I'm it's, always it's, like, okay. And it's okay. not Peyton, like, in the relationship they're going. It's just, like, early on, like, season one, season two, Like, her personality just kind of she bugged is, me. She bugs a lot of people. Yeah. But, but the reason she didn't bug me is because I resonated with her back then. I always thought that I was very... What's the word? It's so funny. I, I walked Edgy, into the show different. thinking... I'm a Peyton, but really I was like, no, I'm a Brooke. Like in the sense that like, I love community. I love doing things and like being active. And so it's just, it's very interesting because yeah, I always thought I was like the emo 
blah blah my life sucks like sitting in your closet recording yourself on your webcam <laughs> that I didn't do <laughs> I was not a webcam girl they freaked me out but like Peyton and I had the same taste in music Peyton Sawyer is the reason for the taste of my emo music like I would not know I don't think I would have listened to Fall Out Boy if it wasn't One Tree Hill because I wasn't if I, Pete Wentz hadn't made an appearance no because I didn't know them that's the thing. One Tree Hill introduced me to the music I listened to. One Tree Hill introduced me to Kate Vogel. I love her. I love her too. Oh, yeah. Her song, Manhattan from the Sky, makes me balls. I don't, I don't know what it is about that song. <laughs> I can't listen. And Tyler Hilton. Love oh Tyler Hilton. Gosh. As much as I don't love Chris Keller, even though Chris Keller had exceptional growth <laughs> <laughs> during his murder when he, like, he was like, I'm on the land. <laughs> like, Chris had a very interesting when he was introduced everyone hated his guts because he was getting in the way of the greatest ship of all time character development we love we and love then when growth. he buys back the guitar when nathan buys it back for him <laughs> so oh god one tree hill was just i, I, I started out hating a lot of, like i hated nathan because he was a very oh, yeah. hateable person well yeah you hate nathan until what is the episode like six until like until he started to like really get involved with Haley, and then also you yeah. see just how bad he like his, his dad life is. is. Yeah, and then it's so funny because after that, I never hated Nathan again. Haley got like, on my nerves when she the whole thing with Chris. But I feel like you start because I started to sympathize with Nathan, and so it was easier yeah. for me to like see like he's not a even with because he wants to even with his him. like um, accident and like the alcohol abuse. Yeah. You felt for him. So Nathan was the one character that I feel like just had a good constant road ahead of him. At least, right? What else did he do? But he started his character development and growth started very early. Very early. Yeah, on. exactly. I'm trying to remember if there was a period where I didn't like Nathan. Season seven is a big blur to me <laughs> because that was one of the times where I was like, I don't know if I can continue watching this show. Um, I feel like, I mean, there are sh shows now that like, I have no problem just like quitting in the Nanny middle, but for like shows like that, where I'm so like invested in, I've been watching for so long, I couldn't see myself not watching it. Yeah. If I don't like the way it's going, I have to keep watching. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. But anyway, um, yeah, like every character has a point where they're just like, you're like, you're driving me insane. I'm gonna love you in the end I suppose and well there's a lot of crap that happened with that show that because I remember I being really upset that Peyton wasn't at the wedding at Brooks and Julian's wedding that was one of the worst like heartbreaking moments because I was like how could she not be there how could but Peyton not those be there two exactly like but then once you realize the whole Mark Schwann thing and why Hillary Burton didn't come yeah. back. I was like, okay, you stay far, far away. I but get so it It's now. a lot of like behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. That because I remember show. thinking, how the heck is she not here? Like, how could they not bring Hillary Burton back? And I was like, I have a really hard time believing she wouldn't come back. Like that no matter how busy, because I think she was feeling white collar then, but I always felt like 
she would make that like two second trip to just be in the audience or something to like get herself that show. But I get it now. But it's if like it wasn't 100% for that, understand. like after, yeah, like, obviously at the time you didn't know. No, what was exactly. Going on. Then when they came out with the whole yeah. scandal, then I was like, okay, I'm glad you stayed away. Like everything makes yeah. sense in retrospect. Yes, it does. So. I'm fine with the storytelling. In my head, I could imagine the paint was there. Like, and that's also the it's thing. It's like, like how you can imagine that Michael was at the wedding. Fan fiction is a great thing. <laughs> Just go find it. Do some research. You're going to find good things. But that's the thing. It's like there's stuff that isn't insulting to fans, and there's stuff that is. And I think that there's very few situations where what a writer has done is a big issue in the sense of like, Let's constantly kill off our gays or killing off people of color as the first people you kill off. Killing off, um, like, what was it? Was it Walking Dead? That's just like. I've never watched Walking Dead. Oh my God, you do. I've been through the maze at Universal Studios. Walking Dead is amazing. Um, I, I stopped watching after like, what, season four? And then I occasionally watch clips here and there because I love Denai. <laughs> but, um, you know, that stuff, those gross moves that writers do where you're just like this isn't profound storytelling you killing off a gay character or a they person. do things for shock value yeah and that's that's the problem with tv where we have to constantly i think vocalize how wrong that is mm-hmm. but my ship not ending up together ain't a problem like at, the end of the, at the end of the day i still enjoy the show no matter how Exactly. Because if you are open to it playing out different, and again, you always have the option to not watch. That's that's an option. True. You have that option to walk away from something and to not revisit it. I don't revisit things when I walk away from them. So, like, I walked away from Chicago PD the second Sophia Bush left. What is happening on that show? I have no clue. They're still in Chicago? I don't know. I, I don't know. I literally don't know. And it's funny because she wasn't even my favorite character. I say I tried to watch a, like, I wouldn't say recent, but in the last few months I tried to watch an episode of Riverdale. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was very confused and yeah, like, did not watch I, the whole thing. When I walk away, I don't, I don't care what you do. I walk away. It's not my story anymore. <laughs> I mean, not that it was ever my story, but it's not of, I don't care. Yeah. There are situations where, like, I still care and it still breaks my heart. But, and the only thing I can think of right now is the magicians. But other than that, you do you, boo. (laughs) It's just, I want us to get rid of, the only thing that I feel like fans really need to constantly remind the writers of is that we don't need to subvert expectations. Breaking Bad worked because Breaking Bad is true to the genre. We're not all going to be Breaking Bad. And I feel like writers have this thing where they're like, if you know, we have to shock you. And it's like, you realize that if you're planting the proper seeds in any form of mystery or drama that's not exactly CW drama, like a legitimate drama, that your fans are going to pick up on things. But that doesn't mean that you're a bad writer. It means that they're doing their job, which is following the work that you are putting on. And that's what I learned as a writer. So I don't know if there's like a new course out there. Like everything doesn't have to be like blatant, like in your face. No. And that's the thing. Like 
as a writer, you are taught. Again, I'm very confused. I don't know if there's a new course after I graduated, <laughs> but you are taught to plant seeds. You are taught to give the audience a hint. You are taught to subtly bring things that'll allow them to, when they come to the end game or wherever they are, to be like, oh my God, that all makes sense now. That doesn't mean that you're a cliche or that you're too easy or that, oh my God, you didn't shock your audience in a way where they're like, what was this plot twist that it's bad writing? And I feel like that's something that, uh, I hate the word subvert expectations. If I don't hear that for the rest of my life, I'll be fine. But that's what writers are trying to do. And I'm just like, no, you don't have to kill off a character just to tell your story. You don't have to do that. If you're going to kill off a character, that, that, that death better be earned. Also, it's not the only way to like write off a character either. But those are the things I'm sick of. That like killing off characters when you don't need to just to shock your audience. To subvert expectations. <laughs> like I could see writers in the writer's room just like, this is the one. This is going to be a shocking death. Why? This, it's going to be a shocking death. As much as I hate it, here we are back to Avengers. Tony's death was earned. Do I want to see Tony Stark die? Hell no. But like he... But I understood it. It was earned. Like, and it made sense to the story. Like he had kind of like, he'd reached like both yeah. the character and the actor. Like he reached the end of his run. And it worked. When you go and you look back at all the seeds that were planted, it works. Even with Steve and Peggy that a lot of people don't agree with. If you go back, the seeds were always there. That that's makes me upset. So people, that's the thing. It's like, like and people are have to people like are allowed it. to be upset yeah. with the way it ended. But I another reason why I had to just like stay out of like Marvel tags altogether. Yeah. But people are see you were gonna bring up Marvel. <laughs> They're just like all the angry posts I see. Like oh like screw the Russos. Like why would they do this? Like why would you have him abandon Bucky and all this? But if you go back and watch from the beginning, he's always been. Like, a man at a time. Like, he was never... Like, he never fit yeah. in, like, this... Decade? This time period. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. It's like, you have to look back and say, okay, I get it. It makes sense. Just because I don't enjoy it, it makes sense. And that's one thing not to, like, pride myself on, but I, I'm able to do that. Even if I don't like something. Like, again, going back to Jane the Virgin, which is the whole point of this. <laughs> but... Even from the beginning, you could see, I could see, that Jane and Raphael were going to be together. But is that because you knew how it ended before no, you started because watching? because there's certain dialogue that's said that you're just like, okay, this is the story that they want to tell. Like when they're like, he would love her until her last breath. When the second he said that, I was like, even if I haven't, even if I didn't know Michael was going to die, I knew something was going to happen to Michael. Because... It's just certain dialogue that I, maybe it's because I've studied writing, so I I could kind of pick up on clues, but it's like once you look back, even if let's say we didn't, once you look back, you could see that the road is paving towards Raphael. Peyton and Lucas, from the very beginning, you knew no matter how many people they dated, how many paths they crossed, you're like, okay, this is the story ending. that they're going to tell. And if they didn't go that way, then I'd be like, what was the point of all that? But it followed that story that they were telling from the beginning. And that's not... Sh like, it's still shock... It, something that's... 
it's like not even predictable but it's like if you're telling a mystery for example and someone is supposed to follow the clues once you get to the murderer it's going to be shocking because you've reached your end but also you're not going to be like because then you're going to look back and you're going to go that all makes sense now you had the lead pipe in the (laughs) library like you know what i mean it's like clue clue. yes (laughs) so that's what I mean. It starts to add up from the very beginning. And when something doesn't add up from the very beginning, that's when you're just like, huh? You just killed off your main character just for fun? Harry and Voldemort. The fact that they were um, connected in a way much bigger other than his scar. Mm-hmm. When it comes down to him not being able to kill him because he has to kill a part of himself, you're like, well, that's why he couldn't kill him all those other times. Because as, as long as Harry lived, he lived. But it was still shocking when you hear that prophecy. Because it's world. That's the whole point. And it's like, again, with Harry Potter. I didn't ship 90% of the things on that show. Movie. Book. Whatever. <laughs> but I still enjoyed it to the end. I was always... I was a Hermione and Draco girl. But because I was a shallow little kid that just thought that um, <laughs> Tom Felton and Emma Watson would be cute together. Like their characters. Did you see that picture of him yes. showing how to play guitar? So precious. Exactly. Like I always thought that their characters, and as a young kid, I always had that like, oh, he's the bad boy. Like I want him to go good for her. Like I was a freaking kid. But in the end, I love Ron and Hermione. Something I still don't really like get is Harry and Ginny. Cause like she was there and then she was gone. I don't either, but you back. know what? Whatever, it's fine. It works. Like it's <laughs> that's the thing. It's like it's not my. I don't know who I would have shipped Harry with. I feel like n- no one. I don't <laughs> like. I don't have a ship for Harry. I never really had someone that I was very passionate about. It could have been Cho Chang, but she just kept crying over Cedric, and I get it. <laughs> I would cry over Cedric degree too. I also had a point where I really shipped Hermione and Victor Crumb. I, he treated her well. So it's like... You just never shipped Harry with anyone. <laughs> I don't think I did. Yeah, I never shipped Harry and Hermione. Yeah, no. I know a lot of people that did, though. But it's like, that's that's one of the most very interesting things. That was a weird sentence. Um, Harry Potter is so beloved. But we all have so many different ships. But at the end of the day, I think probably because fandom wasn't as big then but at the end of the day everyone still agrees that collectively harry potter is a great story and it's like your ships don't matter really i mean actually i don't know if they i don't know many people whose ships bothered them so much that they no one stopped watching but i feel like as far as like like harry potter like when it came out also like internet fandom wasn't yeah it was very quiet i remember looking for fan videos (laughs) Like, also, like, going back to, like, shipping, like, I never saw Harry and Hermione's relationship in anything other than a platonic way. Yeah. Like, I could have never seen it going in a romantic direction. So, like, I mean, if people wanted to ship them romantically, like, go for it. I just never saw the two of them. There's things I'm never going to forgive J.K. Rowling for, Fred Weasley, but shipping is not one of them. Like, the ships, whether it went my way or not, wasn't one of them. Because I enjoyed it as it was going. My biggest ship. And it wasn't the main part of the no, story No, and ever. Harry Potter was actually Tonks and Lupin. 
loved them. <laughs> I did. And there was that one point, I think it's in, is it in Half-Blood Prince? I forget where it is. Like in the book where it talks about how, like, obviously Lupin doesn't want to be with her because he thinks he's dangerous. I was like, no, please get together. That was the most angsty part of Harry <laughs> Potter shipping for me. That I was just like, are they going to end up Not together? Not angst. Are they? Is it going to happen? So I'm glad it happened and they died together. As much as it sucks, they should have been alive, but I'm glad they were together in the end. Harry Potter has some of like the worst deaths. No, oh, yeah. Dobby. Serious? He was a free elf. So <laughs> there's that's the thing. It's like you can still enjoy something something. You can still enjoy something even if it doesn't go your way. Yeah. As long as I feel like the writers are not telling you a story that is not following the story they began and that's the thing it's like shit happens things can change a story can start one way and go another way that's 100% understandable but your motive has to be true to the characters and it has to be true to I feel like the time period and whether or not you're trying to subvert expectations or whether or not this truly makes sense like i said there have been very few things and i could count them on my fingers that i was like this is badly written in a storytelling perspective in a character perspective and there are things that i'm just like i just didn't enjoy it it didn't go my way but that doesn't mean it was poorly done an example like going back to what i said like especially when there's like film and tv adaptations Mm -hmm. of like books yeah that's like you can kind of see like the difference between like bad writing or like storytelling yeah because like the book has been written if it's like a really good book like you know it's not yeah the writing yeah it's the way they adapt it it's the way the story is told on screen yeah for sure so all of these things i feel like people always need to kind of take into consideration and people don't always do because it's just easy to say that sucked bad writing instead of i just didn't like it i hated it it didn't go my way i i didn't like the story that was being told it's not that's not like controversial enough (laughs) to just say you don't like something like apparently the only way to justify not liking something is for it to be terrible yep instead of just it not being your taste yep because that's the world we live in we love the world we live in all righty well thank you for joining me as per usual it's been a pleasure. Where can the people find you? Morgan McMahon. You already know this. On everything. It's very creative. It's my name. Thank you guys so much for listening. Goodbye and God bless. <laughs>